hello, come on in. It's not just a table for two. There's plenty of room for us all to gather around the table. Pour those drinks of choice. Get your little finger bowls out for the snacks. This is Table Conversation and I am Craig Story. So how are you this week? I hope all is well and you've been having a good week. And if you've took time out this week in the UK or ever around the world to celebrate the King's coronation, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Or if it's not been your thing, as we discussed on last week's Table Conversation, then I hope you've had a good bank holiday and a little bit of time off too. So I hope you're having a good time, whatever you're up to. As always, I am very grateful for you being here listening. So thank you. If you enjoy being here, then I'm sure you'll enjoy keeping in touch on Facebook and Instagram, all at I am Craig Story. And being a singleton, I'm always available. <laughs> I'm always over there. Any invites, just come along and get in touch with me on social media. Now, I've been single in what seems like forever, and I'm always told or asked I can't believe that you're still single why aren't you with someone and if I see anyone that I've not known for or haven't met for a while then that's one of the first questions I get asked have you met anyone have you been on any dates my friends get asked the same thing has Craig met anyone yet what's going on there so I think it is a little bit of time that I've spent in the last few weeks reflecting on this and why I think maybe because summer's around the corner it's always nice to be dating and going and doing things during the summer season isn't it and holiday season people are going on holidays together spending time together and sometimes a singleton you're like what am I going to do with myself and upon this reflection I found some of the reasons why I'm probably still single I do work away a lot Um, I can count on my hand in the last few weeks how many nights I've spent in my own bed not for the sake of spending it in anyone else's bed but in hotel bedrooms so I work away a lot with my work I'm very independent I like my own space I think maybe sometimes you get to the point where you're too single or maybe I feel like I'm too single because I'm so used to doing my own thing and having my own way with everything in fact a couple of weeks ago I went on a big night out oh it wasn't intended to be a big night out and I suffered a terrible hangover the next day And one of my friends said to me, well, it's a good job you're not with anyone because you'd be in big trouble when you got home today. And things like that put me off relationships. I'm like, well, why? Why do I need to be in trouble for just having a good time and having a bit of a hangover? Why do I have to be answerable to anyone else? So maybe that's pushing me in that direction, too. I have got some very good friends who fill in the gaps. Um, I'm going on holiday with a group of friends in a couple of weeks. So close friends that I can spend that time with. I'm very sociable. I've always got something on. It's not like I'm sitting twiddling my thumbs of an evening or (laughs) I've always, I'm always doing something. If it's not family commitments and I live by myself, so I have a place to run by myself and keep up to date. Now that would be quite a nice thing to have someone to share the chores with, wouldn't it? I wouldn't have to do all the cleaning myself. Um, I wouldn't have to do, I'd probably have to do all my washing and ironing for myself. Maybe I just need a home help, something like that. Yeah, I love to travel as well. Uh, I like to be in different places. I like to dot around and just be independent. It doesn't bother me going for dinner on my own if I'm somewhere new. It doesn't bother me traveling and seeing places and spending a day out by myself. It's like my own date days. I take myself out on a date by myself. I'm always working on myself as well. And through this podcast, you've heard me talk about a lot of the research, a lot of the books that I read, a lot of the podcast content that I consume. I'm always working on myself and trying to achieve goals and moving forward and thinking about things that I can do differently in life. I'm very curious about the world that as around us, I want to understand everything that happens. So I'm always going a little bit deeper with some of those things as well. So that takes a bit of time. And I want to achieve um, some goals and use this time as well for creating a podcast. Being creative is really important to me, doing some writing 
And if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I've produced some video content as well. So I have goals around that that I want to achieve and I want to share a message with the world or with the small number of people that want to watch and listen to me harp on all the time. Um, So yeah, that's another reason that I don't have as much time for dating and looking for someone. And by the time I do get to sit down, I just can't be bothered. I really can't be bothered with dating apps and I get very lazy um, with dating apps as well. I get bored very quickly. My attention span goes quite quite in quite a short space of time with that sort of thing. So dating apps is something we are going to talk about on the podcast today. And I've been given all of the advice as well of how to meet someone. This always happens to you when you're least looking. You just go around being you and you do this. And maybe you should put in more effort with the dating apps. Maybe you should try this one and create a proper profile. That one's just for hookups on that site. So I've been given loads of advice over the years. And some of it is very practical. You can learn to put it in to your life and we'll I'll share some of that advice with you today that I've been given as well and and well it seems it's not just me that's staying single and a phrase that I learned when I was looking into the podcast this week was consciously single I'm thinking am I consciously single is it something that I'm consciously choosing to do because the world has changed and it's not just me when you look at the statistics about relationships and being single and uh, marriage rates it's marriage rate is actually on the decline then um, those that do are increasingly likely to divorce. In 2014, there were 21,000 fewer marriages than in the year 2000. At the same time, there's been an increase in age at which people marry. For example, in 1973, the average age of marriage for men was 28.8 years and 26.1 for women. By 2013, however, the average was 36.7 for men and 34.3 for women. And even in terms of dating and meeting people, even just for sex, in terms of The last year, one in three men aged between 18 and 30 have not had sex in the last year. And it's not looking bright for the future either because predictions by 2040 are that 45% of women aged 25 to 45 will be single and childless. So maybe it's not good for the future of our population either. So this week I thought we should have a conversation about singledom and explore why more people are staying single, some people choosing to, some people stuck in that single lane. And maybe if you have the secrets to finding someone, you're successful in your relationships, then you can get in touch with your advice too. It might just intrigue you the world that us single people live in and how tough it is to find someone out there if you are looking for someone. So if you're single, what are your reasons for staying single? Do you have them? Have you reflected upon the time that you have been single to work out why you are single? And are you consciously staying single? Like that phrase that I learned by looking at some of the research for this week's podcast. So a lot of people are choosing to be single because they're prioritizing their career or personal growth. And I talked about that as as being one of the reasons, not necessarily my career, but definitely in terms of personal growth, I think that I definitely choose um, to invest in myself that that time and I know that if I was with someone I'd I'd become a little homemaker and I'd want everything to be perfect at home and I'd want to invest that time in the relationship that it would shorten the amount of time that I do have to prioritize for myself and my own self-growth so that would be a challenge and maybe you could use I guess the the relationship if you if to to learn how to grow maybe being with someone gives you a little bit of a mirror to how you react and how you behave in certain situations that you have even more work to do in yourself and work together a, a relationship so maybe there are ways to grow within a relationship as well I think that's something that I definitely need to consider and work's got a lot harder hasn't it I think that 
the world is very fast paced and you our employers expect a lot more out of us these days that we work in longer hours we're always connected to work whether that's through teams or whether it's through emails down to our personal devices and I think a lot of us are more connected to work than we've ever been before and maybe the pandemic has enhanced that and made it even more connected because we're, we're working remotely so we think we can do it in our own time more often so our, our jobs are very demanding we have busy schedules and often that leaves us a little time or energy for socializing or pursuing romantic relationships as well so that is something that could be taken into consideration when you've been on teams all day chatting to people online with work doesn't necessarily mean then you want to start chatting to people online if you are using dating apps or even have the energy to make conversations with new people if you're in the pub or having something to eat out and about and it makes it difficult to meet new people doesn't it if you haven't got that time or the energy to do so I think the longer that you're single for as well the more discerning you get about who the right partner is and making sure that you do get it right if you're happy by yourself and you're living a successful life on your own then to invite someone into your life and share and spend that time with them I think you get a little bit more picky and a bit more choosy making sure that it is the right person and maybe if you've experienced trauma rejection or difficult past relationships that can make you have a struggle with trust and intimacy and it can make it more challenging to form relationships right from the very beginning can't it a lot of it also depends on where you live as well. If you're living in a more rural location or an isolated area, then there's limited access to potential partners or social opportunities. And sometimes you can have explored. One of my friends used a phrase that he'd completed Tinder in his area. So he wasn't going to travel any further and he'd already completed Tinder. There was nobody left within the radius to explore and to have conversations with so that can make it more challenging depending upon where you're living and what your social opportunities are and another factor that shifted the way that a lot of people are thinking about their dating is a cost of living crisis it's even affecting the dating world and I'm sure as we continue to see those shifts it's shifting the way that we think about and value our love lives and dating in the post-pandemic world has also meant whether we're keeping it casual or we're looking for something more serious more long-term that it has become a lot more intentional it's made us a the cost of living crisis also made us more money conscious when it comes to dating and I think probably making us a little bit choosy about where we go and where we spend our money as well if our budgets are a little bit tighter a lot of singles couldn't date as often because of the financial pressures and you know the social um, the dating platform match.com well they found that the lower disposable income that a lot of people have now in a study they found this that that has led to singles spending more time establishing a connection with someone before actually agreeing to meet them in real life. So spending much more time online before they'll they'll move to make a date and actually meet up with someone. So 13% of daters, according to Match, using voice notes and virtual dates to judge that compatibility before they actually meet in real life. And would you believe when it comes to costs that the average date in 2022 cost 233 pounds and 90p 233 pounds 90p no wonder i'm not dating at all um the biggest expense would be the new outfit and food so it's also no wonder that 28 percent of those surveyed also said that they planned their dates around payday god i have to take a loan out to go dating at this rate um to make sure that they could find they could afford it eHarmony, another dating site, well, they found that 47% of daters have passed on a date due to their financial situation. So it is affecting our dating life as well, the financial cost of living crisis. Something I can also resonate for myself, I am a little bit of a commitment phobe. I find it hard to commit to a choice on a menu. Um, so committing to a relationship for me or committing to someone 
is difficult. And I think that many people are the same. Many people are hesitant to commit to long-term relationships due to fears of missing out on other opportunities. And that is me, not just other opportunities. I'm not talking about meeting other people, but other opportunities of life and being trapped, that feeling of being trapped in a relationship that wouldn't necessarily meet all of the needs that I have. And that means that people lack that investment in relationships and the difficulty in maintaining and finding them. And I told you, I've learned some new phrases when doing this research. So exploratory dating, and this is coming from the website Plenty of Fish, another dating website, where they coined the phrase hezy dating. And that's to describe the 58% of their users who were unsure if they wanted to date seriously or casually. And they say it's because of the reflection of how uncertain life is in general at the moment. Another thing I think that affects a lot of dating and a lot of potential dates now is the changes in gender roles and expectations when you look at history of dating for men and for women and with the rise of gender equality and the changing societal expectations around gender roles, there can be confusion. I think a lot of guys don't know what's expected from them anymore um, around traditional gender norms and expectations in relationships. And that can make it more challenging to navigate the relationship and expectations around that. So I've got even more statistics from another dating website for you, a dating website called Bumble, and that was commissioned alongside YouGov. And 74% of the adults there surveyed agreed that when it comes to romantic relationships and dating, different behaviours are expected based on your gender identity and are even accepted in dating. So 52% of those polled believe that men are expected to take the lead in both asking someone out and initiating the first kiss. While only 8% expected the same from a woman, almost half, 47% in fact, say the impact of gender roles and behaviours makes dating more difficult. I'm not surprised by that. Some of the conversations I've had with some straight men who have said that they fear holding a door open for a woman because is it the right thing to do or not? What will that that convey? What message will that convey? So when it comes to dating, it must be even more confusing and even more cloudy. And the same goes for different cultural and religious values and different cultures, religions, all have different expectations around dating and relationships, which can make it more difficult for anyone that's seeking relationships outside of their own cultural or religious norms. So it's a bit of a minefield of research that needs to be done of making sure we get things right, which again can put you off even thinking about dating someone. I mentioned before, we're probably all getting a little bit fussier as well. And we're all in on our dating icks and if you're not down with the kids like I am and you don't know what an ick is, an ick is which a point where your initial attraction flips to a feeling of disgust. It's like one example of an ick was given to me by one of my female friends who said that if a guy turned up in Crocs to a date, that would be an ick. I mean, some people get very specific with their list of turn-offs from somebody that sniffs loudly all the way through to the way that they're breathing, to the way that they swallow or eat. And according to Badu, a whopping 82% of singles experienced an ick while dating in 2022. And 35% of people also admitted they were feeling the pressure to find the right person free of any icks. Surely we have to compromise somewhere. I think I've got to that point now where uh, my icks, my list of available icks is running out. Now you would think, I've mentioned a lot of these apps as well, that you would think that when it comes to being connected, we should be more connected than ever with the rise of social dating apps and being able to socialise in the palm of our hands. Everything we do, we can do via an app and dating is exactly the same. But are we 
more social, but just less connected. So for some people, they're obviously successful dating apps. And I know people that have met through them. And research has shown that 42% of daters think apps like Tinder and Bubble make it easier to find a long-term partner, whilst 22% said apps actually make it harder. Those under 30 do feel different. So respondents aged 18 to 29, 35% said dating apps make finding a serious partner easier, while 33% said it makes things harder. So an even kind of split there. Um, another thing with dating apps, it does make it a lot easier to be more casual. And 43% of men said they use the apps to date more casually. Um, they're looking for things less serious through dating apps and they find a more casual situation according to this study. And like I said, 43% of men said that they look for casual dates from the take from that, whatever you think. But yeah, it makes you a commodity almost a dating app, doesn't it? And you're very, it's very easy to move on to the next person very quickly when you're just a two by two photo on a screen. And even with some of that positivity there, 88% of adults are disappointed by what they've seen on the dating apps. 90% of women and 87% of men say they are disappointed with what they've seen on dating apps. So more than half of adults feel insecure by the lack of messages that they receive. And however, weirdly, men feel this way more than women. Maybe men don't always express how they feel in the open unless it's a survey. It should be easier than ever, really, shouldn't it, in the modern world? But yeah, there are some of the obstacles that are out there when it comes to finding, maintaining relationships in the, the online world. So it does create that hookup culture for easiness, like we just said there. 43% of men are using it for casual dating. And same in some of the gay hookup apps like Grinder. It makes a culture where you're just a commodity and it is just about hooking up. So that impact of social media and our self-esteem, it can destroy your self-esteem, especially if you're not getting the messages coming through or people are judging you by that small little photo. While it, they, it's easier to see people on there, it is also a way of creating unrealistic expectations. And when you think about some of the images that are portrayed on there might not be the real person or it might be a heavily filtered photo and it creates an expectation around who you need to be and like I said there is that grass is always greener mentality there is always someone else available to chat to at the same time and it makes it more challenging for anyone that's looking for commitment there are fears for safety as well with online dating as well and for BBC Three's Dating Dangerous Secrets 37% of dating app users have reported someone for inappropriate behavior while 63% of people have felt uncomfortable in a date initiated through an app. So that's quite a high percentage, isn't it? When you think about it, 63% there feeling uncomfortable in a date initiated through an app. And on these dates, 33% of people have experienced harassment or abuse. So a third, so one in three have experienced harassment or abuse. So dating app safety and meeting up with someone is a real concern. Also, we have to think about the sharing of images through some of these online apps, some um, intimate images, and how sometimes these can be shared without your consent. So we've got to be very cautious as well with some of the social media, the dating apps. And Tinder's been on the market now for over 10 years and has 75 million monthly active users. Surely there's someone out there for us all. I tend to go around in a cycle where I delete the data nuts, re-download them, start all over again, ignore the people that I match with. I think they, they call it swipe fatigue when the pressure to match with and to talk to multiple people at once, it does start to feel a little bit overwhelming. I don't think our brains are meant to cope or process that amount of people in one go. So I can't do that. I can't keep up. Not that I'm boasting about how many people get in touch with me on data nuts, but I do find it hard if you've got 
five or six people that want to message and have conversations at the same time. I struggle to keep up with replying to all of my friends. In the end, it becomes hard work. It becomes a little bit like a full-time job communicating with people. And it's a little bit like a, a conveyor belt of people passing through your door, isn't it? They can become a little bit obsessive as well because when you're constantly logging into an app to see if you've got a message and you get that dopamine hit, if you've got a like or a swipe that someone's interested in you, then you get the sinking feeling if you've not been on a date for months and you've not had any messages in that week. But in today's world, how else do we meet people when we're so busy if we are looking to meet someone and we're not consciously staying single? Will there be a backlash against dating apps in the end? Will we all start to talk to each other and start chatting to people on trains or buses or asking them what they think of a book they're reading or open up to a question about a TV series or daring to ask someone out who works in the same office block as you that you've taken a shine to. It's become so formalised and so normal to look for dates for apps now that we've forgotten how to approach people in person, I think. We we worry if it's inappropriate. We just mentioned about the gender inequality. We worry that they might say the wrong thing. We might have to face that rejection face-to-face if they're not interested. And on an app, you can you can judge and you can read someone and what they're looking for, whether it's something serious, something casual. You can read into what they look like, what outfits they wear, what interests they have. And you know, and you build a picture about someone without even having a conversation with them. And in some ways, I think we lose a lot from that. It's something exciting about finding out something it's completely fresh about someone. And when you do find them, you find their name as well. Then you can go on their social media. And before you know it, you're on their holiday photos from 2010 when they went on a family holiday to Jamaica or they're on a holiday with their ex in Barbados. You start looking way deeper into their lives than what we ever need to. Let's gradually and organically find out about someone because that's much more exciting, isn't it? Or do you think it's too late? Do you think they've changed us? And in reality, there is no going back. Um, it doesn't mean we're not meeting in person, I guess, by using the apps. It means we are still meeting people, maybe, but we're taking that time to really get to know them. I think in some ways apps are responding and they're developing as well. And I think they know that we're looking for something different from them. So they, they maybe they're not, we're not going to escape the apps because to have that amount of people at our disposal and making it sound disposable now, aren't I? To have the, the wide pool of people to, to look at and choose relationships from. I think that's there and we're never going to be able to go back. It's like Ubers, isn't it? We're never going to be able to go back to just having ordinary taxis all of the time because change will come from the dating app industry. And you see with some of the newer apps, they are led by personalities and they're led by people looking for the right personality rather than just the right look. I know one app, Bumble, they noted that 61% of users prioritised emotional availability in their romantic interests, while 23% said they care less about physical appearance. So there'll be more and more apps, I think, that appear that will change the way that we look at online dating. Schmooze is a new one that attempts to match singles based on their humour. Ultimately, whatever the app tries to hook you up with or how it tries to match you, we are going to get have to get used to meeting up face to face and no amount of gimmicks or ways of doing things is going to take that away from us and I think we're better to get used to having to -to face-to-face and get better at that face-to-face interaction sooner rather than later so you can spend weeks getting to know someone chatting online can't you building up the image of what they are what they're about how their voice sounds and then when you go for a coffee with them or a beer with them it's a completely different story isn't it do you remember when speed dating nights were very effective and everyone was going to speed dating nights maybe they need to come back into trend maybe that would be a good way of meeting people face-to-face and having that little interaction there. There are certainly a lot of positives, like we said, to dating apps and looking for love online, but also it does have its drawbacks as well. 
as we've also discussed, and we're all going to forge our way forward this. But ultimately, we are going to have to get to the point where we do meet people face to face. And I think it's better to get it offline as quickly as possible. I mean, I'm not talking from my own experience of success, but in terms of getting to know someone and working out whether they are the one or they have those traits that you look for or potential for a relationship, then I think it is much better to meet up in the flesh as soon as you can, really, as soon as you rather than spending weeks chatting online. Well, that's just a little piece of advice that I've been given as well. And like the five message rule used to be a thing when it was texting. I only have five messages for five conversation of messages before you meet up. And now it's gone to a different level, hasn't it? With sharing everything before you meet. Even people share pictures of their intimate areas before they've even had a cup of coffee with someone. Who knew? Who knew that sort of thing went on? So some of the other advice that I've been given about dating that some of it I've taken on board, some of it I really haven't. Um, Being clear about what you actually want before seeking a relationship, knowing actually what you do want from it. And I think that can help you when it comes to communicating with someone that you go on a date with or someone that you chat with about a relationship is actually what do you want from this? And it's important we are honest with them and ourselves about what we actually do want. Do we want something casual or do we want something serious? Are we looking for children down the line? Do we want to have a dog together? Do you have certain deal breakers or must-haves? What what would break the deal for you? If One of mine would be smoking would be something I wouldn't be interested in someone who smokes because I just can't bear the smell of it. What are the must-haves? What must haves must this new person have in your life and that can help you narrow down your search as well and it avoids you wasting time and you wasting time with the people on the people who aren't a good fit for you as always when you're looking to meet someone new one of the piece of advice I was given was being open to meeting people as well and being open to it and putting yourself in situations where you can meet new people becoming the best version of yourself as well taking care of your physical and your emotional well-being when you read a lot of the books about manifestation and law of attraction they always talk about treating yourself how you would expect your partner to treat you so one of my friends was talking to me lots along about he's really into manifestation and she was saying that she runs herself a bath with luxury oils because that's what her partner would do for her if that was the partner she had and she looks after herself as if she is in a relationship Taking care of your physical and emotional well-being, that's always going to make you feel better, isn't it? And making sure that you take care of and look your best self is going to help you be more confident in that area. And by pursuing your own interests and hobbies, this is another thing that a lot of people have said to me in the past, like do doing your own interests and doing what you would normally do can help you link in with someone else who might be on the same wavelength as you. It's also important to be authentic, isn't it? When we come to dating apps, I said sometimes you see pictures on there that are taken from three miles away from a great height or we look at their online age and you see that they're saying they're 38 you think they're 38 I'm 21 like with any friendships or relationship you've got to be authentic haven't you got to be yourself don't try and be something you're not or pretend something you're not or pretend you have a different financial status and be open about what you're looking for and that attracts a good match I guess doesn't it And I've always been told this, this is one that one of my best friends always says to me, just be patient, the right person takes time, you're not in a rush, don't get discouraged if someone doesn't come right away, get enjoy the process, get to know new people, don't rush anything, everything takes time and effort. So maybe that is something that, maybe I'm just too patient, maybe I'll be in my casket before I find someone. Um... Communication is always key as well. So it's important to practice good communication skills from the beginning and being clear about your expectations, your boundaries 
and what you're willing to accept, making sure that they understand that. And it also helps to build trust from the very beginning of getting to know someone, doesn't it? But if you're past relationships and you don't want to be in a relationship, you're quite happy being single, you're simply enjoying that freedom, the independence of single life, well, hold fire, stay listening, because next I'm going to give you some of the scientific benefits of being single. Well, there are some positives to staying single. And according to a recent report of Social Trends, it's a good job because a record amount of young adults reported being single with an increased desire to settle down later or never marry. In fact, 67% of people aged 18 to 29 say they have priorities other than marriage and having children. 32% of unmarried adults said they are unsure about ever getting married and 13% were completely sure that they never wanted to. So new life goals, new directions, there may be some science behind being single and why it does have its advantages. There are some psychological benefits and some of those we'll have a little chat about now. So being single means we have more opportunities to reflect and to grow. So not having someone by your side, a significant other means that you've got more time to get to know yourself and figure out who you really are. So you often find that people after a breakup go through that rebound, don't they? They have someone on the rebound. According to the science, never do that because it's rep- repetition compulsion. It's a psychological phenomenon where being hurt in the past causes us to want to jump into new relationships with the wrong people in order to subconsciously ease that pain. Um, So yeah, don't get involved in rebound relationships if you are recently single, because if you've recently experienced a breakup, the majority of participants in a survey completed um, by with 92 undergraduate students reported that they were feeling higher levels of personal growth when choosing to stay single rather than jumping into another relationship. And if you choose to stay single for longer, you'll actually heal better with the opportunity to learn from that past as well and grow and reflect on the experiences that you've had. Aside from learning from the past, when we're taken out of our social norms or our usual environments, we're also removing the people and the objects that define our identities. So being removed from those situations can be really healthy for us. It can take us out of those familiar situations. It can make us reconceptualize and self-examine and come to terms with change. And we can also use being single as an opportunity to try new places and experiences to find out what we do like and what kind of people are best for us. Lastly, on this note, studies in the differences between singles and married people, researchers found that single people have a much higher sense of self-determination. They're more likely to experience continued personal development and growth. And that same study also found that single people value meaningful work and hobbies in comparison to married people. So that's also linked to higher levels of self-sufficiency and in return, decreased feelings of negative emotions. So it's actually quite healthy being single. I'm not going to look for anyone. Forget the dating advice. Now, maybe I do need this advice (laughs) because this is definitely not true for me. Apparently, single people have healthier habits. Single people are often fitter and healthier than their taken counterparts. And a recent study there found that people who have never been married get the most exercises. Divorced people as well also exercise more than married people, interestingly. And the here the statistics are accounted for by the time and how much an individual has has of it and if you're single you have more time doesn't necessarily use it to exercise though as I know only too well single people tend to have more time on their hands in comparison to married people or attached people and of course those with children so not necessarily a bad thing though more time means more availability for hobbies and in the case of this study more exercise if you want to do that kind of thing maybe I've been doing something else instead 
Wow, would you believe single people are often more creative? So that freedom of being single is often a, a cause for creative activity. So much so, it's become a bit of a cliche, hasn't it? The artist in the wilderness of the woods unlocking their creative talent. Um, However, well, it is true. Research has shown that if you don't like being alone, you often lack developed creative talents. Um, many times creative endeavours and being successful in them requires alone time, such as if you're writing or you're writing journals, writing articles, recording podcasts, whatever you're doing, it needs needs hours of alone time, including like instruments as well, practicing your instruments. If you want to master something, then you need the alone time. So creativity allows us to form those expressions and being single facilitates that creativity, stimulating the imagination, allowing you to see yourself differently through the self-transformation of being single and the self-discovery. And the cognitive characteristics associated with being alone, including limited social time and personal time expected, offer you the chance to take advantage of your creative potential. So what are you going to create? And something that's definitely true for me, one of the advantages of being single is having more time for platonic relationships. So maintaining relationships, friendships is a factor in sustaining positive mental health. Definitely know that for myself. And being single means you can focus all of your time on your other relationships aside from just the romantic ones. Because we know that being married or in a relationship demands intense emotional involvement and it can sometimes distract you, detract you from other people and other aspects of your life. Um, single people are more attentive to their friends, according to a study. The data's there. They're more attentive to their family and uh, their family and friends than married people or attached people. They also put more effort into sibling relationships and are more likely to hang out and reach out to their social networks. 44% of singles are socially involved with their neighbours in comparison to 23% in relationships. And 70% of singles, me in that 70% there, actively making time to socialise with their friends, opposed to 25% of people who are attached to relationships. Yeah, you've got to get out somehow, haven't we, and you're single. So not only do single people socialise with their friends more, we also have a more diverse range of close friends. Well, it's up to you whether you take this advice or this scientific data and decide to stay single forever. Whether you choose to stay single is up to you. But remember, there's no one blueprint for having a good life and living a good life. And you've got to live the way that works best for you, whether that's in a relationship, dating casually, doing whatever you like, or staying single. Well, that's it for this week's Table Conversation. I do hope that you've enjoyed exploring the world of being single, even if you are happily attached. Um, if you're not, then I hope some of what we shared resonates with you. And I'd love to know your thoughts, as always, at I'm Craig Story. Across social media, you can drop me a message. And if you listen on Spotify, you can message me directly from there. It's been interesting to look at some of the reasons why I'm single and why more people are single than ever right now and looking at some of the reasons behind that and some of the advice and some of the, the trappings of online dating and whether that works for you. And I'd love to hear any success stories that you got from that as well. Before I do fold up the table and put the chairs away, wherever you're listening, don't forget to follow Table Conversations so that you never miss an episode. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? If you want to contribute to my dating site subscription or maybe just share your love of Table Conversation, you can buy me a coffee, buymeacoffee.com slash Story if you like the work that I do. Thank you for listening. I bid you farewell until the next time we convene at the table for more conversation. Until that time, goodbye.